This podcast is brought to you by the Village of Bedford Park, your home for business. Over 450 businesses strong and growing with a safe, reliable Lake Michigan water supply. Visit VOBPBiz.com and bring your business home to the Village of Bedford Park. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This is Chicago's all-news station. News Radio 780 and 105.9 FM. Now, the WBBM Noon Business Hour. WBBM News Time 1203. It's great to have you with us for the Thursday edition of the Noon Business Hour. I'm Cisco Cotto. Right now, the report on pending home sales is out today, along with the latest measure of the economy. We're joined by Gus Fauche, Chief Economist at PNC Financial Services, based in Pittsburgh. Uh, Gus, let's begin with GDP. It slows to 2%. Is that significant? Is that expected? What's going on here? Um, that was a little bit weaker than we were expecting. There were some drags from uh, trade. Uh, U.S. Uh, uh, travelers went overseas, and that was a drag on growth because they're spending abroad rather than in the U.S. And then auto sales were way down, not surprisingly, because of the production issues. But I think we'll work our way through those. So although the number for the third quarter was somewhat disappointing, uh, I do think that we will see better numbers in the fourth quarter and then in, into 2022. So let's talk about uh, these pending home sale numbers for September. Uh, they fell unexpectedly. Or, I mean, are we, are we seeing maybe some other signs other than this GDP number? Are we see some other signs that maybe there is a little slowdown here? Uh, I don't think so. I mean, we saw a big gain in pending home sales in August. Inventories are still tight, uh, and so that's weighing on sales. Um, but, you know, we had a good read on unemployment insurance claims. They fell again. The labor market is getting better. I just think that we're dealing with some issues where we have limited supply of some goods and services. Uh, that is a temporary drag on growth. But I think that underlying demand is very strong, and that will remain the case throughout 2022. Let's talk about these uh, jobless claim numbers. That seems to be a bright spot here. Oh, absolutely. We continue to see uh, initial claims for unemployment decline. We also saw the four-week moving average, which smooths out some of the volatility. That fell below 300000 for the first time since uh, the pandemic. Um, and so the labor market continues to get better. The biggest question there is, are we going to see some of those people who dropped out of the labor force because of the pandemic return? Um, that's really weighing on job growth. But if we have more people looking for work, then that will eventually lead to more jobs in the economy. And you, you want more jobs and uh, you want people back to work yet it seems like employers are having to pay more in order to attract those workers uh, what, what kind of an impact is that having whether it's on businesses inflation but that you know it also gives people more money in their pockets it's kind of a challenging thorny issue um, yeah, I mean, we actually saw a slowing in inflation in the third quarter relative to the second quarter. Still a little bit elevated, but not quite as bad as it was in the second quarter. Uh, and I think some of those inflation pressures are going to abate. Businesses are paying more in wages as they compete for workers, but I think some of those wage pressures will diminish as more people come into the labor force. And then businesses are also, they're getting more from their workers. Productivity is going off. Uh, so that's helping to mitigate somewhat against those higher labor costs. 
And going forward, we need to see more jobless claims numbers like this in, in consecutive weeks in order to really feel like we've turned a corner? Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, before the pandemic, we were seeing claims of about 200 or 225,000 per week. Uh, we were at 281,000 the week ending October 23rd. So we're almost there. Um, but, you know, I, I think we will see continued improvement in the labor market and, and um, fewer people filing for unemployment insurance as we work our way through 2022. Thanks so much. Gus Fauche, chief economist at PNC Financial Services. Founder Tom Kuzmarski stepping down as head of Chicago Innovation, the man taking the reins, a familiar voice to listeners of the Noon Business Hour. We've talked to him often and always enjoy it. Luke Tannen, he's now been named CEO of Chicago Innovation. You can find out more at chicagoinnovation.com. Luke, congratulations are in order here. Uh, I want to, for people who aren't familiar, though, why don't you begin with sort of a thumbnail sketch of what you do at Chicago Innovation? Yeah, thanks, Cisco. Great to be back on. So, you know, Chicago Innovation is now celebrating its 20th anniversary, and we have always been focused on educating, connecting, and celebrating innovators across all industries, big corporations, for-profits, nonprofits. We do that through our Chicago Innovation Awards to celebrate the most innovative products and services each year. We have events all throughout the year, multiple times a month, bringing people together who are interested in innovation, interested in entrepreneurship, Uh, And then over time, we've launched four programs to really advance our Innovation is for Everyone mission. And specifically, uh, it's the Chicago Student Invention Convention to teach invention and innovation to K-8 grade students. Our Women's Mentoring Co-op, which started with 25 women as mentors six years ago. There's now over 700 women uh, who are part of this amazing community. Ageless Innovators, which is an intergenerational co-mentoring program for leaders of all generations. And then just yesterday... We launched our newest program because, you know, we're we're innovators, too, so we're always launching new things, uh, which is called The Ladder, which is a mentoring program for black and Latinx innovators to help them get to their next step. So, you know, for the last 11 years, I've been part of the team here, the privilege of working with our amazing staff board and and everyone involved in in, in these events and programs. So it seems like what what really goes on here is it's been, what, 20 years is you're talking about. Uh, wanting to really show the world that there is innovation going on in Chicago. It's not just something going on on the coasts and that it can be fostered here in the Chicago area as well. Yes, that's exactly right. You know, truth be told, storytelling, I think, is one of the most important things that we do at Chicago Innovation and one of the most important things the city can do in general just to bolster its brand and its narrative. And so we focus on the innovators and all the positive stories. In, In our 20 years, we've had 335 past winners of the Chicago Innovation Awards. And they range from big corporations like McDonald's and Walgreens, uh, down to brand new startups like Cameo and Farmer's Fridge and and you name it, great nonprofits. Everyone has a great story to tell. And collectively, those organizations, um, 60 out of the 335 have been acquired for exit values now totaling over $110 billion. So that's a story we wanna get out to venture capitalists. We wanna get out to companies that are thinking, maybe I might wanna relocate Oh, Chicago is a great place to be. It's up-and-coming talent. They're looking to start their career somewhere and to, and to think of Chicago and, and to know all the great things are, that are going on here. So, you know, really being the, the biggest PR boosters for the city, uh, focus on innovation, something that we want to always continue to do. And I'm thinking the, the Fulton Market area, other portions of the West Loop, uh, that has to say to businesses, not only is the talent here, uh, but they're fairly centrally located here. We, we can really get them all together fairly easily. 
Yes, that's exactly right. There's so much great concentration of talent in places like the West Loop or the Loop. But I will say what we're trying to do more of is really to connect all corners, all neighborhoods of the city. And again, that's why, um, and I should say the region, so the suburbs as well. Our innovation is for everyone mindset is really what drives everything. And it's that intersection of innovation and inclusion. But if we can get that right, that's going to unleash a wave of innovation that's never before seen. Um, you know, how can we get more people who are learning the skills um, that, uh, of innovation and understanding how to implement that at their organizations or launch new businesses? So, so much of what we do is educational in nature and enabling people to make connections with all this talent that you're talking about, cross-industry, big companies and startups coming together, uh, public sector and private sector coming together, because it's that collaboration, which I also think is unique to Chicago. It's part of our culture. You know, we don't have a command and compete type of leadership mindset. It's this collaborative spirit that leaders have. And that's what's, uh, I think, uh, so important to Chicago and something that we continue to try to foster and promote. That's Luke Tannen, the brand new CEO of Chicago Innovation. Cashing in with conversation. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. The pandemic's proven to be a lucrative time for online social media scammers. They target people looking for love, especially seniors. Let's get some advice from Jerry Irvine, CIO of Prescient Solutions. These romance scams, Jerry, how do they work? How do they reach out to people and what are they offering? Well, a lot of it is just uh, people going into unsecured Facebook uh, accounts and looking at the friends of other people that are out there. They look and they see a friend. They see that they're single. Uh, they see that they're older. They can get pictures. And, uh, and then they start you know, reaching out and, and trying to make uh, relationships over the web. Uh, they, they use fake uh, pictures. Uh, you can actually go out and do a search on um, uh, most common pictures used in, in Facebook scams. And there are hundreds and hundreds of, of pictures out there that scammers are using to pretend they're somebody else and, uh, and steal an identity. And then they, they become that person. So they can then start, you know, getting to know people and then request money. And so what is the advice? I mean, obviously people are doing this because they don't know it's a scam. Are, are there clear ways to know when it's a scam? Well, yeah, first off, you know, never give money to anybody, <laughs> yeah, right, especially right. ones you haven't met. But no, the, the most important thing, quite honestly, is tighten down the security on your Facebook account. You should not let anybody else see your list of friends. You're, you're making your friends vulnerable when you, when you allow people to look at the friends that, that you have. So you can tighten it down so that the only people that can see your friends are your friends. Right. And, and you can even block that so that they can't see anybody that's not in common with you. So they can't see any other friends that you have. Um, and, and, you know, the other thing is tighten your account down so nobody can see your, your account except for your friends and family. Uh, by doing that, you're going to limit uh, most of the scams that are out there. These scammers are going out and they're looking for accounts that are open. Um, and then they look for common uh, you know, either common people that you know or common groups that you're part of. They send out uh, these these advertisements and things that um, may may give them more information about you. Always good advice from Jerry Irvine, CIO of Prescient Solutions. 
compounding your interest with an economy of words. This is the WBBM Noon Business Hour. Markets looking pretty good. The Dow up 160. The NASDAQ is up 173 points. And the S&P is up 34. Let's find out what's going on. Bill Stone, Chief Investment Officer at the Glenview Trust Company in Louisville. Bill, what do you make of what you're seeing on Wall Street today? Well, I think we've got two things or two main things going on. One is uh, we're in the, right in the midst of earnings season, uh, and we continue to have very good earnings. You know, we get some disappointments. Obviously, you always get that. But on the whole, earnings are growing something like 33% year over year, uh, better than expected going into the season. Um, so there's, it's hard to get too upset about anything. And I think the second thing is what you just talked about a bit ago, which is the uh, the president's kind of framework, which really took away, or I, again, I, I hesitate to say it took away yet because it's not, a deal's not done yet, um, but at least if it goes in this direction, it lowers the amount of increase in corporate tax uh, versus what we had kind of thought was going to happen, and it also does the same thing on the individual side with no real increase in taxes on, on dividends and capital gains except for, I guess, perhaps the uh, ultra-high, you know, wealthy, like 10 million and up kind of uh, people. So um, your average or even above average uh, kind of household wouldn't really feel anything there. So I can't imagine that isn't part of the lift here. When you have something as big as a package like this, you know, it was over $3 trillion, Now it looks like it'll be just under $2 trillion. Does Wall Street kind of uh, kind of pause and, and hold on before deciding whether to move forward or not? Because as you mentioned, you never know what's in it. Could be higher taxes, could be a completely different cost structure. Yeah, I mean, I think that is the interesting thing because we always talk about the markets looking forward all the time, and they do. But I always go back to even, you know, the most recent one that I think about is when President Trump got through his tax cuts. Frankly, the market, and then I'll focus on the, the corporate tax cuts, um, the market really didn't react until after they were actually passed. So um, while I, I think you know, it, it moves somewhat ahead. So that's why I think you're getting a little bit of a benefit because I think almost everybody thought you would see, and you still may, but I mean, as of this morning anyway, it seems a lot a lot lower risk of any sort of, I'll, I'll call it, you know, quote unquote, significant tax hikes for, you know, the vast majority of either corporations or uh, individuals. What do you make of earnings so far? We're not quite halfway through. What do you make of what you're seeing so far? You know, they're, like I said, they're very good. You know, we're seeing the impact of higher labor costs, of higher input costs, of the supply chain disruptions. But even with all that, um, you know, if you're, if you're posting 33% year over year earnings gains, uh, there's nothing to complain about. And a lot of what we think about, I think, is that, hey, if the economy picks up speed, because we had a, a bit of a slower third quarter that we found out about today, um, you know, it could get even better in the fourth quarter in terms of earnings. So especially if the supply chain disruptions kind of ease off and, and people have things to sell. Good insight, as always. Appreciate it so much. That is Bill Stone, Chief Investment Officer. He's at the Glenview Trust Company. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. 
So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Money Talks as the WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Debit cards are often seen as a good choice for young people. There are also some key benefits of credit cards, though. Let's learn more. Bill Hardikoff is here, Senior Industry Analyst at CardRates.com. Bill, what's maybe the number one thing we need to know when we're talking about young people, helping them understand how to use money, how to build credit and maintain credit? uh, What's maybe the number one thing that we have to think about when we're talking about credit versus debit? Well, Cisco, the, the number one thing is truly that debit cards do not help you build your credit score uh, or your credit history. A credit card does. So if you are a young person and you don't have much of a credit trail, you should probably get yourself a credit card because the longer you use that card, the greater your credit history will be. And hopefully if you use it properly, you'll start building your credit score. You do not do that when you're using a debit card. So that is probably the number one reason to use a credit card, but you got to use it smartly. You got to pay off your, your uh, balance completely every month on time. Yeah. Don't just let it sit there getting all that interest. Um, any other right. benefits? I'm, I'm thinking, so you actually build credit if you use a credit card as opposed to a debit card. Any other benefit if you allow them to have a credit card? Uh, definitely. Uh, you know, one of the biggest things is when you're using a credit card, you're using the bank's money. Uh, when you're using a debit card, you're drawing from your own checking account. So if there's a possible fraudulent transaction and you question that, uh, you're out your money. If you're using a debit card, if you use a credit card, the bank is on the hook for that money. So you might get that money back in both cases, But if you're using a debit card and it's a fraudulent transaction, your money might be tied up for quite some time. And thirdly, uh, the other big benefit is that debit cards do not really pay you any rewards. If they do, they're very minimal. A credit card, uh, probably two-thirds of the credit cards out there, uh, pay some type of rewards. And you can make money using a credit card because of those rewards. But again, you have to pay off the credit card in full and on time each and every month. Yeah, it's really something to consider when you're handling credit, too. If you can be disciplined, if you can be disciplined, uh, putting it on some kind of a rewards card, whether it's cash back, points, miles, whatever, and then immediately paying off that card. If you can do that, that seems to be better than using a debit card because you're actually getting something out of it. 
Absolutely. Like I said, you're actually making money by spending it. However, if you are not uh, a disciplined spender, if you're not financially disciplined, then you should look at a debit card because a debit card does not have interest uh, that's assessed to it. You can only spend what you have in your checking account. With a credit card, you can spend up to whatever your credit limit is, and you can be penalized with that very high interest rate. So if you are financially disciplined, a credit card is the way to go. If you are a spendaholic, you might want to think about a debit card just to limit your liability. Thanks so much, Bill Hardikoff, Senior Industry Analyst at CardRates.com. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Technology Thursday, as you prepare your holiday shopping list and your gifts wanted file, there are some very cool things you'd like to know about. Jennifer Jolly is here, Tech Life columnist for USA Today, founder and editor-in-chief of TechIsh.com, based in San Francisco. Uh, Jennifer, one of the things that I see here, it's really fascinating to me, is the fact that Amazon's finally making a TV with Alexa built into it. It uh, seems like, given all of their reach this is long overdue and they're finally doing it i remember covering when they had this idea and the notion of you can finally yell at your tv and it will do something back for you was just so wonderful you know they announced this a long time ago it's finally here and this is a great idea for somebody who's gone all in on the smart home you know the walk in ask your television you just say alexa turn on all my lights or do something with the ring doorbell or, you know, it just really helps take it to the next level. In addition to just being able to forget about ever needing a remote for your TV ever again, you can just use your voice. And have you been able to tell yet uh, what works well, what doesn't, you know, because it seems like it's new, even though other people have done Mm -hmm. something similar, there's got to be some things that uh, maybe are bugs that need to be worked out. Yeah, it, it seems to recognize simple commands, you know, Alexa, turn the volume up, Alexa, find, you know, a certain TV show, but every once in a while, so I, I have been testing one for about a month now, and it, it has a really hard time, I, I was watching uh, the HBO Succession, and, you know, you say, Alexa, play Succession, and it takes you right back to episode one, so that, those are the most glaring glitches right now. But for the most part, it it does things really well. Uh, what's the time? What's the weather? Um, it shop Alexa, shop for soap. You know, you can do all of that with your voice, and it works really well. So that is the Alexa TV. Obviously, that'll just keep getting better and better in uh, future iterations. Uh, what about other gadgets? I'm thinking specifically computers, laptops, anything good, brown, you know, groundbreaking, interesting there? Well, I have three of those that we've just never seen before in this kind of form factor. One is the ThinkBook Plus Generation 2. This is out of Lenovo. So it's a laptop, but it's a notepad and an e-reader all in one. It it has an actual e-ink touchscreen display embedded in the top of the lid. So without opening the, the laptop, without even really doing anything, you can take notes. You can access your calendar. You can interact with the top lid and that we've just never seen anything like that before. You can, you know, and and the other thing is there's an onboard pen that you just slide out. So you don't lose that. And for somebody like me, who's constantly writing notes and I remember things that I write down a lot better than things that I type in or speak into my phone, 
this is just bridges like all of those gadgets into one device. So that's really cool. And the e-ink touchscreen, it seems like something that, that uh, we were talking about Alexa and how maybe the Alexa TV needs to, further development. Uh, the e-ink touchscreen seems to have already really evolved into something that's really pretty good. Oh, it is, absolutely. And we saw those first e-ink screens with Amazon's readers. So you can be out in the glaring sun and you can still see it. It's black and white. It's easy to see no matter what the light conditions are. But, you know, think about, you know, like kind of that futuristic, what will your laptop look like? Having a, an interactive touchscreen display on the lid that's just groundbreaking. You know, that's really, really cool. What about uh, for our wrists here? Everyone just thinks Apple Watch, but there's other things going on as well. Well, the only way to take video or, or photos from your Apple Watch is with something called the wrist cam. There are two cameras in it, a selfie camera that angles up and a forward-facing camera on the wristband's outer edge. And it can snap either stills or HD video and then syncs up to an app and imports the captures into Apple's photo library. And it also hooks into Siri voice commands too. So for parents who maybe don't want to have their smartphone in their face the whole time when they're trying to watch their kids play sports, um, when you're bike riding, anytime you need to snap photos or videos and don't want to hold on to your phone, this works great for that. That is one of everyone's top 10 holiday gifts this year. Thanks so much. Always good stuff with Jennifer Jolly, Tech Life columnist for USA Today, founder and editor-in-chief of TechIsh.com. Lots of fun gadgets for the holidays. That's Technology Thursday. Join us at this time tomorrow for Entrepreneur Friday. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.